Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus and I'm Mary. Thanks for being here. I am continuing my journey of sharing some of my co-authors with you all. And today I have a friend on, she's been on a couple times before, Dr. Erin Sepik. She is a Vermonter just like myself, a kindred soul. She's a chiropractor, a clinician, an intuitive, a teacher. And as I said, we are both international best-selling authors of Ignite Your Wisdom. Yay, and the crowd goes wild. That's crazy. <laughs> I know, it is crazy. And Erin is the one that connected me on this journey of writing with Ignite. So Erin, welcome and, and thank you. I'll just say right up front. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. I really felt very passionately that the world got to hear your story um, uh, in at least in the tangential form, you know, where it is now. And I know you're very much on a, on an, you know, forward and upward path, but it's, uh, it was so striking. And I knew that a lot of people would be touched by it. So I really, I'm so glad that it resonated for you. Thank you. Yeah. Erin is an intuitive. If I know any, she is one. And I feel like I do often get these random reach outs from her and I always pay attention. <laughs> I feel like she's in tune with the universe in such an intimate way. Um, I am. I do feel incredibly blessed that our lives have connected in this lifetime. Um, you know, you've definitely been a, a guide for me, you know, on this journey. and. <clears throat> that's the first thing for you to say you've, oh. you've inspired me to no limit for sure oh. it's great it's it, i say there's no accidents right i think we all yeah. come together as intended divine guidance um but i thought we'd start um just by talking a little bit since we're both coming off this little four to six month <laughs> writing experience together that we yes. would just sort of share it's the first time we've both done that Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we both written to write, but the first time we've published and um, it's been a good experience. Would you say? I would. I would yeah. say it's very rich in, in, you know, what it offered as far as learning and expressing and yeah, all of that was, was kind of a surprise for me, I think. It was, it was very, very much held through the process. I would say very much guided we mm -hmm. still had to sit down and do the hard work of writing our stories. Yeah, yeah. Not I knew hard. I couldn't survive the process without the structure they offered. <laughs> so yeah. it felt safe to focus on what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I myself had taken a book writing course. I've been writing with an accountability coach. We're both health coaches that kind of did that together. And we were kind of going in circles a little bit, I'll say, <laughs> because mm. life um, comes. I mean, we both wrote a lot and we just couldn't get clear on our direction. I'm right. sharing this because if there's any of you that think you are interested in writing, and I'll say that if you've even thought, am I a writer, then you're probably a writer, because I think if you're not a writer, you wouldn't be asking yourself that question. Um, <clears throat> but for anyone that that thinks about that, but needs a little direction, I do, I do think Ignite was a wonderful opportunity to step in, be guided, have some incredible editors, look at our work, validate that we were writers and had a story worthy of telling, which we all do. Um, yeah. And then guiding us to the end, to the end point and seeing the process of publication, which is, um, I, I, I don't think I could have done possibly without it. 
It was remarkable. It's like you you walk by that puddle all the time, like people you know might be publishing books and you like see the puddle and you're like, huh. But to put the goggles on and actually submerge and go, oh my God, this is a whole thing. There's a whole process. There's like algorithms. There are different, you know, some different publishers do it different ways, but everything, I was floored. Yeah. Just how deep that puddle is. The other thing that we was really nice for me was just to be on this journey with these other authors, you know, and to feel all the feelings together and to know that that was normal (laughs) to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. They warned us, but I didn't, I did not expect any of that. No, let's, let's peel that apart a little bit for each other and for the people listening. Mm -hmm. Um, just the process of getting our stories out and what that took of us and how we were able to get to the point of actually expressing the story in the way that was most meaningful to us and to the reader. Cause come to find out it's no good if the reader doesn't get it. Um, so I know for me, I had to actually leave home to sink a little bit deeper into remembering all the pieces for myself. Um, but how about you? I mean, what did that look like for you? You know, my story was pretty old um, and and I had integrated and processed it, I think, as completely as I thought was possible. <laughs> and uh, so I, I wasn't really expecting any other waves to come up, you know, and um, mostly they didn't. But there was definitely a whole, whole other layer that was peeled as I like the first wave of the story that I wrote was very much for myself. Mm-hmm. And it just, I found it really healing to just, there's something different about putting something on paper. Like I've told the story many times to people that, um, that I felt it could help or people that I was sharing with vulnerably. So it was very well oiled as you might imagine, but um, there's something definitely different about putting it down on paper. And there's something really strangely intimate like I'm such a verbal person it's weird for me to say that it was like more intimate in in at least one way mm-hmm. to put it into words and to put it on a page um but I really found that there was there was a whole other layer of healing that happened um and and a lot of people were really touched by it and and moved so surprisingly <laughs> to me and more surprisingly to them I think mm. um so so that was interesting but later in the process I realized that that's what I had done I had probably intuitively just sort of wrote the story for myself and then luckily before the end of our editing process I was like oh god wait it's almost like I woke up from you know on a nice train ride through the Alps and I was like oh geez I actually wanted to do this whole project so that I could write this story for other people. Mm. So I got the gift of writing it for me. And then I didn't change anything substantial of the story. I just changed the lens where mm-hmm. of, of the viewer so that it was more translatable, I think, to a lot more lives, which was the whole goal. So yeah. I, was that I snapped two out of my little nap there before the whole thing was done. <laughs> or like, oh, could I have that back for a second? Oh, I feel, I mean, it was so authentic, either either version. I had the yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> opportunity to hear both. And um, the, the gist of the whole story. So first of all, what's the title of your chapter? The title is uh, Recovered Resistor. Mm. That doesn't get some curiosity going. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. 
these days. Yeah, that was, I spent months looking for a title and I got nowhere. Mm. And then one day it just popped in and I was, I could have danced for joy. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know what it is with me and names that, that they're like. When you hit them, you hit them though. I just think, I mean, like everything with you, it just has to feel right. You incubate sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, and that says a lot. Your title says a lot about like resisting what's right in front of you. Right. Right, and looking for signs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking for signs or resisting what you don't like or mm-hmm. what you are judging that you don't want to take on or whether it's identity or path or just your own clarity, your own truth. Like sometimes we, we have a thing niggling at the back of our minds and we're just like, no, yeah, that's not possible. I don't, that's not who I am. I blah, 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 blah. So we end up getting that resistance in right on the tails of the judgment. And there's, it's been, it's been a lot. That was, that was the gift of that whole time in my life, I think, was learning about resistance and effort. You know, that push-pull in life that can be a dance or it can be just pushing your head against a wall as hard as you can and getting nowhere. <laughs> it could look like either, but that, that was a, a huge learning time for me, for sure. It was yeah. a whole life crisis. Well, well take into a nut of that story. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... I have, you're trusting yourself too, I think probably. And when I think about your story, just in a really broad sweep, I think about, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, my observation is that you were being asked to step into something different and it wasn't that what you were in was broken. Right. Right. And I think we often look for the discomfort to be the sign, the discomfort of the situation, the relationship, whatever it is, the job, the thing in your life, like it's going to feel so broken that it's going to propel me into fixing it and doing something different. And you're, but sometimes we're called in another direction for reasons we don't even know. Totally. You bring up a great point because sometimes there is the judgment is so cultural and it's so unconscious internally that if it's not broken, like who are you to walk away from it? You know, there, I had to deal with that whole, like, like a sea of guilt, like an old reliable geyser on regular for years because of the lack of that brokenness. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it took me years to just give myself permission to move as I was called to move, mm-hmm. having nothing wrong you know in 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 many ways and and to deal with all the judgment that came at me because of that yeah (laughs) yeah if it's not broke don't fix it (laughs) yeah I was just I was just talking to somebody a while back and remembering a story of a great aunt of mine who so generations ago that we didn't find out until her husband passed that there was a fair amount of domestic abuse going on Mm. for decades he died in old age and some of her sisters were like, oh my God, why didn't you say something? Like we could have, you know, and she could have, you, you were what? Like they were so Catholic and there was only one ever, there was no reason to divorce. She didn't feel like she could have any support at all. Mm. Um, so it was interesting that everybody was, you know, by the time that happened, a whole generation had gone by. 
So there was already an opening around the judgment of like, oh my God, why did you stay in that? But, but when it was happening, there was no room for that. Yes. So it's so interesting to, to, to be looking for like, how broken is it? Mm-hmm. And do you have, would I have done the same thing? Can I support your decision from the outside based on how broken it was or wasn't, you know? So it was really neat to like go through that whole thing. I'm glad you brought that up mm-hmm. because sometimes literally you just get a green light and you, mm-hmm. this feels like expansion. This mm-hmm. feels like not so much. Yeah. This is going to hurt, but this isn't why I came here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Yeah. yeah. It, so it's really, it can get really subtle, but, but judgment and resistance is right in the teeth for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, that was something to lean into. You well, know? eventually, I eventually did, after you stopped like resisting it. <laughs> are you gonna do this still or and I do think we long for that clarity like I mean (laughs) even in my story which uh, most people listening know my story uh, well you don't might not know the story in the book but the the chapter I shared same with you like I could have summed that up in a paragraph to someone in the story I told my daughter struggled with addiction she had four young children you know we adopted them and we're raising them and she continues to struggle end of story Okay, we'll take that and peel that apart and sit with the pieces in between. And to me, um, I really, I did step away just to remember what were those turning points, you know, when, I mean, I remembered really clearly the night that everything changed, but Mm -hmm. the ignite moment, the moment that I stood in my own space, (laughs) my own opening and said, I had a choice of how I wanted to be with it. I I didn't feel I had a choice to not. you know, mother, those, my four grandchildren, that was just, um, that was not even a consideration to not step in in that way. And it was really hard and it's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. But you had a choice how how I was going to show up in that, you know? And, um, and that was that ignite moment for me was that moment of choice. Now it didn't mean that everything got rosy overnight by any means. It just decided that I was going to build the lens at which I looked through that. And I was going to dig deep on my own self-care. Right. And even then, like, it's still like, it still took many times over and over that, you know, I finally had one of my lovely yoga mentors say, it's kind of your karmic two by four. So like embrace it embrace it, stop resisting what's here, you know? And if I have one lesson in life, I guess that's the same parallel as you, Aaron, is that, you know, what I resist persists. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe it's not what I, I thought I signed up for, you know, um, yeah. when I was birthed, but how did I really know? Right. It's just all what we just back to your story of the, the family member um, that had that conditioning that kept her in a situation that was far from living an awakened, open, free life, you know, and luckily that's what we're moving, which we're like changing the arc of. Yeah, exactly. Right. Cause every woman in that family, and there were a lot of us, those next two generations would have heard that story about her and they would have decided and been inspired on the spot to like, never do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, almost to honor her her own sacrifice in the option in the absence of any other options unfortunately but yeah, yeah it's like the sharing of the story is really important and she could only share hers once she felt safe to share so that's yeah. what a lot of this journey was all about for us I think right yeah 
Right. And then I think even in that process of writing and rewriting and remembering those moments, you know, and really letting, you know, letting yourself as you're writing, take yourself back there. Right. I don't know about for you, but there was a whole nother level of grieving that happened for me. You know, it's like, um, yeah, just, um, it's like the space between the lines. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, your, your whole story was so intimate and it was so, um, and your story, I would say involves way more amplitude of grief than mine did. Um, not to judge, not to compare, but like there weren't, there weren't really other people. There was just me and this one other person. Involved yeah. In yes. Had, you had a whole family and everything that goes with that. Um, but you, you succeeded so beautifully in articulating what it was like for you, which I think was a much greater victory than you are probably giving yourself credit for, because it really was, um, like there's no poor me in your story. Mm. It is very, Mm. an intimate, vulnerable share of a, an extraordinary set of moments strung together. Mm. And it really showcases a little too ego a word, but you know what I mean? It, it, it built and, and staged um, your humanity and it made that all accessible for us to relate to via our own humanity. Mm. And um, I really, I'm so glad you wrote it. Oh, thank you, Aaron. That's really nice reflection. And I, you know, anyone that's walked this journey knows it's all just coded in drama <laughs> when you're working, dealing with anyone that struggles with substance use yeah. disorder. Um, and I left all that out because that's, mm-hmm. I think that's inherent in the journey for anyone. And that's not what's mm-hmm. helpful. I mean, it's helpful because I can say, if you can read my story and relate to it, you know, know that I've experienced what you have at many levels. Um, right. And and um, that's, that's, you know, what are the power of our stories is for us to know we're not alone in that journey, right? And yeah. that we're worthy of still living the most beautiful version of our lives, no matter how yucky and muddy it might seem yeah. at yeah. times. Yeah. And so despite how we get there, I think we're both, um, you and I both, I think pretty much want to live a pretty awakened life. <laughs> We're trying to tune in. We're trying to get our dials tuned in vibrationally to, to following um, guidance of divine guidance of why we're here and what we're, what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to be serving. Right. How, how we chose to come in and serve and like waking up to that. Like, what do they mean? What is that going to look like at this point in my life? Yeah. yeah. Cause your story was sort of the beginning of your emergence into the current work you're doing and your I would yeah. say your, your deeper evolution around that. Is that correct? For sure. For yeah. Sure. And as much as I've told that story several times to people that were ready to hear it or that we were really built, you know, appropriate rapport in relationships, but to put it out there in public was quite a different thing. Right. I think there's a lot of, I, I know a lot of people and a lot of them know me sort of, but uh, as a, Gemini on Gemini. I've always had different parts of myself and I engage with different parts as I engage with different tribes of people and, mm-hmm. and validate, and there's nothing inauthentic about it. But when you, I think it was really last summer when I put the website up finally, I was like, Oh God, I'm putting this up there. I'm not going to like, you know, search engine optimize it really. <laughs> I'm just going to put it up there. Yeah. Quietly. 
So it didn't really, yeah, it didn't really count in, in some ways, but this, this story was, was a very much a marking of me being seen for these other things that I kept very quiet. Even though I've been doing this professional work for a long time, it's not yeah. a flag blue publicly. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was a big deal for me for sure. So, yeah. It's yeah, vulnerable it work. Um, <laughs> vulnerability hangovers all over the place. Yeah. And this was another powerful part of our, our journey with Ignite was that we could um, read our story to other authors and they would read theirs to us. And um, I had one author who was feeling not that celebratory towards the end because she felt very, hers was about being bullied. Mm-hmm. And um, as a child, and she's now probably in her mid fifties, but she had never really revisited it. It was a part of her that hadn't healed. And she was just feeling so broken. And <laughs> Diana hooked her up to read her story. She goes, well, why don't you talk to Mary? <laughs> I think you'll feel better about your story. Uh, which was kind of, Well, thank you. I think but um, the bottom line is that we all think we're a little more broken or fucked up than everyone yeah. else. You know, that's the bottom line and we're, and you're not, let me just say, right. We all have our stories. They're all intimate to us, no matter where people might put them on whatever rating scale they want to put them on. Mm-hmm. They touch our hearts the deepest and they are the most powerful, I think, to ignite our journey, to um, heal what needs to be healed, to give us the lessons and the direction that we're here for. But part of that is being able to tell our stories in a safe way, in a way that has us have a soft place to land (laughs) because they are incredibly powerful, you know? Yeah. 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 This book was, it was all full of potent, like potent singers. Yeah. A lot of people were like, I can't wait to read your book. This is so cool. I ordered it. You know, I'm like, okay, heads up. You you might want Calvin and Hobbes. If you do, don't pick this one up. It's fine. Right. It's so inspiring and so potent, but not light, you know, it's like not it's light. deeply human stories. Yeah. Um, lots of vulnerability. Yeah. So if you're uncomfortable with vulnerability, it's like, that's probably the most common review I got back when the people copied their reviews and like emailed them to me and they were like, whoa, I can't believe you were like out there. Like everybody is like, just put themselves out there. And like, this is yeah. wild. Yeah. I'm really brave. And so it was, it was quite something to have that just be consistently fed back. Yeah. Which is why it was such a beautiful group effort to be able to do that in that way. Right, Aaron. Yeah. And support each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a lot of that, that boiler room, that, that pre-launch day there. Yeah. There was a lot of people coming up against a lot of all of their stuff being seen by friends and family in these ways and yeah. having to deal with the energy that those people felt relative to those stories. So it was really wonderful how we all just sort of congealed as a group and we're really able to hold that space together because it was, again, just so intimate and so vulnerable. And so, yeah, uh, yeah human, like you say, raw, real, and what? Relevant, relevant. Yeah. 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 So why is a book like that so important right now? We could move right on into yeah. that. We were talking a little bit, Aaron and I, before we got on about hope, which is, um, something that I, I had just posted today in light of the recent shootings in Texas, um, piggybacked on a, a shooting the week before, um, that just has touched a lot of our hearts. Um, you know, so I, you know, I knew it was happening. Like I heard some buzzings. I don't follow the news closely because it's, tra- you know, for many reasons, but this seemed like something I needed to pay attention to. And sure enough, uh, someone had posted a 
you know, a screenshot of all the kids faces. And I just sat there and looked at that and, um, whoo, that's sunk into my skin deeply. And, you know, what, what do we do with that? You know, as a mother of many, you know, what do, what do I do with that? How do I talk to my children about safety, you know, and, and living in a safe, hopeful way? And what does that even mean? Um, and we're at a time of so many risings up of mm-hmm. in many, through many lenses. And, you know, the message I'm hearing is to just stand on the sidelines and say, you understand is not enough anymore. You know, if you're not actually moving change, then you're part of the problem. That's kind of like a message. I feel like we've heard a little bit. Um, and so as this happened, um, and honestly, I listened to Glennon Doyle's, she interviewed Shannon. I'll have to find her last name. I, I can't remember it right now. Watts, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And she started an organization called um, Moms Demanding Change, I think is the name of it. I'll get some of these right and have it in the show notes. But um, it was just really interesting to me to hear their pers- perspective on on this. Like you can only keep pulling people out of the water for so long before you have to look upstream. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was talking to Aaron about this idea of hope, which kind of is something that I was, I've been sitting with off and on for a while. And I read Jane Goodall's book, which I mentioned on here a few times around hope. And, you know, she talks about hope, hope as that light in the darkness and putting action to that light. And then this week I heard, well, hope is actually a discipline. It's a practice, right? And hopelessness, it's, I'm sorry, people, that's just not an option, <laughs> like, <laughs> which I kind of like that. Like, that's just a, a cop out maybe. Um, so let's not go there, but let's just look at that light and how do we keep it bright and how do we move it? And how do we continue to do that, to change the arc, the trajectory of, which, of things that keep repeating themselves? And, and I have no answers to this and how this you know, I, I definitely feel compassion and rage and anger and fear, all the things um, that are nothing compared to the parents of those children in that mm-hmm. community. Um, but I also sit here, which very much in Vermont feels like so far away from it. Um, but also like I'm being called a little bit to try to see where I can insert myself to to brighten my light, to move that um which aligns. And I don't, I don't know yet other than to share as I'm sharing here and in my post um, places you can go to, to help support um, if it's gun control, that's the the issue here. Again, that's something everyone needs to investigate for themselves and and what their beliefs are around that. It seems like that is what I'm hearing a lot about Mm -hmm. trying to support and promote um, some more control in certain States around that. I think in Vermont, we have more regulations than some Mm -hmm. others, but I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on that. Mm -hmm. I know in general, I feel very safe here, but yet, and that's this, I I don't know anymore. And I don't know. I don't really know how to help my children digest this and be okay with it. Yeah. I think there's, it's interesting because it, sort of flows into the other thing that we were talking about. Um, I think a lot of both your and my work in the world moving forward is sort of can be boiled down, um, even if it's long boil to to teaching people how to regain and maintain the sovereignty of their energy space and their headspace. 
because as much as hopelessness, you know, isn't an option, like <laughs> pop out is one thing, but like overwhelmed empath after two years of COVID shutdown, if you mm. happen to be a mother of young children, or you happen to be a teacher, or you happen like any of these disciplines that have been completely overrun, overwhelmed, like you don't have anything left. Like I understand hopelessness. It doesn't mean it's a real option on how to move forward, but like instead of sort of coming down on those people, what you and I are doing is like really trying to build skill sets for people to understand when an event like that happens and there's so much of it, like it's like a shockwave, it's not a ripple effect, like it goes through the culture, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there's so much that we can do to maintain, you know, our self-compassion and to maintain our own energy integrity so that we can really be mindful and intentional about how we show up to those conversations, the difficult ones with our children or how we show up for, you know, the policies, the common sense gun laws that, that we may really believe in, as opposed to pick a side, you're not allowed to just like tortoise in the hair, you know, like you can't just stick your ostrich head in the sand. And, you know, there's a lot of divide and conquer and divisive judgmental energy right now. And it's really hard on people, particularly Mm. sensitive people. And I just want people to know that that's not necessary. You don't have to, you can decline that, that polarity, Mm. that binary thinking. And, and actually really, when you, when you remain in your center and you can give yourself compassion first, then you can give everyone else compassion and you can show up in a super potent, loving way Mm -hmm. that, you know, raises your light and it really increases the mindfulness and intentionality with which you can show up to all of these conversations Mm -hmm. and all these actions that you take in the spirit of hope for a better world for, you know, so much less inequity, less racial injustice, less like mental illness, all of these things that contributed in many ways to this unfortunate event, but to this I mean, we're, we're in a laughable poop show of like a piece of history right now, globally. Yeah. This is not like, there's no woo-woo, you know, it's all like rose-colored glasses. It's about tools that you can actually hit the, hit the rubber with, you know, rubber yeah. food with. So I think I it's, like it's a really unfortunate event on every level. And I can't even, as a, as a childless woman, like I can't even, I could put myself there because I have those skills, but like, that would, that would dim How's my, that help? Yeah. Right? That dims exactly. your light. How, how can that be? I, I could show up so much more powerfully to support those people and yeah. to support the people, you know, here in my sphere. I think it's, um, Russell Brand had a beautiful video message about this. I think it was 15 minutes long or something, but he was just like, this isn't, I don't, I don't have answers. I'm not making judgments about this, but Hey, I think it's a call to review our society. And like how we show up, mm-hmm. how lovingly and with how much compassion and how do I receive strangers? How do I treat the guy who serves me coffee? How do I, at all of these things, he's like, we can look more closely at all of this, yeah. the daily pedestrian stuff. It's like, cause we can't do anything. I mean, we can, we can do things. Yes. If you do things, do things. Absolutely. Yes. But don't, but don't do those things in a spirit of resistance or judgment Mm. or polarity or making wrong or shaming or blaming because that's the energy that's you know like that's the energy that exists in an event like this so like how you know 
how do we shift that? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Actually like look at. Yeah. How am I showing up in this world? Yeah. This is a really interesting time. Yeah. (laughs) It's easy to like, as, um, you know, that's really nice. Thank you, Aaron. I think you've helped me because I go from just um, doing life and just maintaining that light Juggling to, many from, balls from day to day to suddenly going, Oh my gosh, this huge thing just happened. You know how, you know, and, and then being in that place of, is this a place that I'm called to action? What does this mean for me? Um, knowing all that you just said to be real and true but at the same time, feeling, I think that energetic pull, like to stand in a lane, to, you know, get up on a bandwagon of some sort. Yeah, and yeah. I'm reminded of that. Like, you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep everyone else warm. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, yeah, that, that, that the best thing we can always do is, is be as bright of a light as we can in all those ways. In all the ways the prefrontal cortex helps us <laughs> being present, you know, and, and often that is what I've been using and practicing a lot lately is that term to take a beat. Mm, nice. Yeah. Right. I did that after I got done writing and kind of got swept up in the, the end of our writing and the marketing yeah. part, which felt like a lot to put ourselves out there. I'm kind of jumping subjects here, but even then I felt like a little more vulnerable getting on and promoting the book is a whole nother thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, and then this, like, that was my, you know, just take a beat, Mary, you don't have to get swept up, like find your place to be with this. And I guess that's the sort of the message that you're saying in a very eloquent way. Thank you. And very specific resourceful way for all of us to take a beat when these things happen, do your practices, which yeah, maybe we can true. offer some to you as we're yeah, going to talk yeah. about our offerings in a moment here. How do we realign? Yeah. With I, think our- the idea, I think it's, um, yeah, Eckhart Tolle called it surrendered action. Mm. I can't remember if it made it into my story or not, but it was originally in there. Yes. <laughs> when I first heard the term, I remember being infuriated because I was, you know, I existed very much in my left brain and my intellect at that time. And yeah. Like, what the fart is that? Um, but I understand very much now. And, and if you're feeling drawn to act, that's great. Yeah. But being drawn to act from alignment with the vision of a beautiful place in mind, minus the shaming, blaming, guilty, mm-hmm. resisting what is, you can do that and you can get so much farther with your energy output. Like you can accomplish so much, so more, much more without costing yourself it's like so that's really the secret it's not don't act and just sit there and be all zen yeah yeah where is that alignment where where can you meet that that in between that it's like a potent neutrality that you can then step forward with that just affords you so much more momentum yeah and we're not like we all have we're, we're not all here to save the world like we're all here though to do our part exactly but what it what that is is where we we continue to search for clarity um and when these things come into our lenses yeah they all deserve some evaluation from from a place of um clarity from um a little space a little opening as you said around it for clear seeing and knowing yeah love that 
Thank you, Erin, for mm-hmm. complimenting my struggle. I, I've been feeling this struggle since yesterday. So thank you for walking through that with me and bringing in your perspective and reminders for me. Um, and for anyone else out there, we feel a little that scrambled energy, a little unclear. We're being stirred up. We're being upset. Um, yeah. And there are people out there that take that energy of rage and they, um, I think they must do the work you're saying, Aaron, to be as effective as they are out in the world. Um, right. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of that. Yeah. The energy of how we move through the world is, is um, it leaves a trace, right? It leaves a trace. If we're, if we're overwhelmed and if we are running on rage, because I feel like a lot of people don't move or don't act until they feel enough shame yeah. or, or something. And then they just like pivot it into whatever it is that they want to see. But if you're fueling on that energy, like that's, that's not, it's not as sustainable in your physiology and your physicality. Mm-hmm. You're more likely to get sick down the road. Totally. You. It's totally going to yeah. deplete your nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a lot of things like that, that, you know, just with the space that I'm lucky to have had in my life. Like I thought I would be a mother for a lot of my life. And I've always been passionately dedicated to families and I'm so grateful that I get to support mothers who are mm-hmm. totally overwhelmed, but, but are committed to raising these conscious, beautiful children filled with compassion and love. Yeah. Yeah. And I can support that because that's my vision for the planet. And I have no, I'm so happy and grateful to, to be where I'm at. Mm. But the space that I have has afforded me to be able to look at that yes. more long-term, like, oh, if you get moving and like feel good about what you're doing in the world, but you're doing it from this place, like that's what ends up happening. Or, mm-hmm. you know, how, how can I help people maintain like a sustainable well-being or homeostasis, or whatever kind of verbiage you use in, in your coaching work as well? Yeah, yeah. So maybe this is a nice time to, to mention this course that you're putting together. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, launching my first group course online. Yay. Yay. It's crazy crazy to think about. Um, Yeah. I've been working on it all winter and uh, it'll be, it'll be a mix between it'll be for professional women, whether or not they're mothers, no age requirement at all. Um, But women who identify as, or have been told they might be empaths. (laughs) So people who are sensitive, Mm. um, which is not a bad thing. And it's definitely possible. A lot of people think that you can't be highly successful in the world of organizations and business if you are sensitive, but a lot of people figure out how to do it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so really giving, giving these women tools around how to hold their space energetically, hold their headspace, you know, optimize sleep and movement and nutrition. We'll definitely cover that. But energy hygiene is going to be like the first pylon of this course. And then we'll explore, you know, emotional IQ, boundary practices very seriously for empaths. It's a survival tactic. Yeah. And then, um, you know, between neuroscience and uh, functional neurology and mindset, all of those things too. So that, because the, the women I'm looking to help in this course are some degree of overwhelmed and they can mm-hmm. admit themselves and there's some degree of compassion fatigued and there's just it's such a sticky world out there right now that if you you know are sensitive and haven't really dialed in your systems 
you can't show up either in your partnership or in your parenting or at your job the way that you know you can because it's just everything is so sticky like you Mm -hmm. know you don't have your own space so the whole goal behind this course is to give people tools that they can walk right through a poop storm and like basically come out clean um, come back to compassion come back to autonomy sovereignty boundaries good communication vitality for once it's been a long few years <laughs> yeah people who need help those are the, i'm like oh yeah that's where i'm aiming nice that's great aaron so um is this going to be virtual or in person it is going to be virtual um i think i'm going to do there will be like video modules every week and then live coaching calls every week. Nice. Um, I might actually do three out of four weeks for three months. It'll be a 12 week program and just support integration on that fourth week. Cause there's a lot in the course. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to make sure people aren't like, yeah, um, just looking for air. So I think we might do three out of four. And, that's, that sounds perfect. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I want it based and I want to support it and I'll be available, highly available. Um, for individual support. And there will be some deep dive intuitive healings on both ends of the course for every um, person in there. Yeah, nice. I think we need that individual touch as well. So yeah, yeah I'm really excited. I'm super excited. That's awesome. So the, people can find that course um, when it's up on your website. Is it, um, is that right, Dr. DrSepich.com? Yeah, yeah, there will be um, sort of like a little teaser page, but I think because it's so so important that there's really good alignment it'll be probably better to just reach out to me either by socials or on the contact form on the website and then okay. i'll send all the details to that person just making nice. sure in alignment because it's going to be it's going to be a nice high vibration for people yeah but very much like along the lines of what you and i were discussing too around um maybe what would we call it yeah <laughs> So Aaron and I are thinking of putting together also, or we're putting it out there that we are putting it together. We just need to nail down a date. Um, but it would really be, I don't know, something about coming home to self and um, in the hopes of some healing and clarity um, around our stories that we've shared, we would come together as a group Um and be able to, again, look at, you know, look at our, look at your life's journeys, be able to explore a little bit of what pops up for you as meaningful events in your life that might have been planting some seeds and some direction to you, maybe where you have resistance in your life, um, where you have flow and how that's informing you. And um, Aaron and I both have tools that we would bring to this workshop and help guide you through that process. Um, I'm sure we would do everything from some energetic healing to journaling, to maybe a little yoga, to meditation, reflection, along with our education and sharing of our stories and our process um, to help give you um, some tools and guide you on your journey. I think in hopes of coming out of there with a toolkit and um, yeah, so that you, if you don't have clarity by the end, you would at least have um, a little light peeking through your little cocoon, asking you to come out, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot of people that don't feel like anybody's home right now. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know in a mini three-hour workshop i'm pretty sure you and i can both make a decent dent in that like yeah i'm gonna clear some stuff that's not yours we're gonna really get intentional you get grounded create some space but once once you can do that it's so much easier to like return <laughs> so yeah you're right it'll be a tangential like mini workshop like a mini yeah. intense but, yeah um, but it'll be fun and it'll be compassionate and it'll be safe space and highly productive yeah in just so, as feminine a way as masculine <laughs> yeah yeah meet you where you're at and what you need and to balance your yin and your yang yeah mostly yin at this point with all the yangs happening oh in the world for sure um, so if you think you'll be interested in that, we'll, we'll put this out there soon. We don't really have a date yet, but maybe sometime in July, I'm thinking, um, but to be announced in the very near future. And we'll, we'll put that out to you all. If you think you're interested, reach out to us. If you think you're interested, you could reach out to either of us on our social medias um, and let us know, save your spot. It'll probably be a group of, I don't know, probably around 10. I'm thinking if we do it in person. Um, something like that. Yeah. So there, there we go. Done. <laughs> Aaron and I have been wanting to do something together for a long time and it seems the time has arrived. So I, um, it's going to be a great space. I'm really excited. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you yeah. for throwing it out there again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, so any of you interested, we've talked about the writing journey. It's sailing season here in Vermont, which Erin is usually on her boat by now. She has the love of water in her boat. I've been out on her boat. It is like um, a beautiful, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm watching a performance when I watch someone sail. Um, it's quite like I said in admiration of what it takes to sail a boat, quite honestly. And you are um, very graceful in how you do that. And it's, it's been beautiful to be out in your boat. And I know you love it. Um, and it fills you up and bright, lights you up inside. But you have not quite gotten there yet, but you will be soon. Yes, yes, I will. I'll uncover her soon. And I'm going to nurture her through some fresh deck paint and a couple of other little wee projects and, and I'll get her in the water in June. And it's been, a, it's a neat process for me to actually not be experiencing even an odor of panic or mania around mm. spring boat prep season. Cause I'm usually, there's something in me that is like as soon as possible splash, like must get in the water. And this year it's not there. And I think there's just been so much creative energy. And I know that I'm holding a different space for my own body in preparation to hold the space of this course. Mm. And that is by far the most important thing. So I'm moving forward really slowly and intentionally into boat prep season. And I'm not going to grind anything. I'm like not going to yeah. push. I'm just going to be in my nurturing paced sustainable and that way i'll actually get july i won't be recovering in july from june <laughs> so it's been it's been a neat journey for me with the boat not just sailing but like particularly boat ownership around yeah. the year, how those rubbers hit the road and so it's that's been, a big shift for yeah, i mean that's a big shift for aaron yeah <laughs> I, I bow to you um and I, you know, it's, it's a definitely like that resistance edge that I, I fight with in a productivity perspective and a yeah. content and a sharing with the world. And, 
and why I've been using that term, take a beat. Cause to me, I don't know, that sounds like a little more excusable than, well, I'm just going to take a break. (laughs) Taking a beat just feels a little, you know, cool. I don't know. (laughs) Give yourself space. Like you give yourself space to be for. Yeah. Yeah. For a beat before I respond to the crisis or to, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever comes up today. And it is a nice, it's like in yoga, we talk about the ease within the effort. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, that's what I, I long to create in my life. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I love to do, but when I put the angst and the push in them, they just become those tasks we check off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So COVID slowed us down if nothing else to take a (laughs) beat. And sometimes though, in that space of that beat though, we feel things that we haven't allowed ourselves to feel before. And I think part of the course that, or the workshop Aaron and I are going to offer is to sit in that space and to see what's there and let that inform you because you're walking around in a roadmap, right? And you have everything you need inside you to guide you on this journey. And, um, sometimes you just need a little guidance to come inside. Right. Yeah. 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 Blinking exit sign or whatever entrance sign. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Just don't, yeah. No expectations. Just know it can appear many different ways. So judgment. Yeah. 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 Open curiosity. Thank you so much, Mary. This was really wonderful. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate so much having sharing this space with you. Yay. I'm so lucky to know you really (laughs) feelings mutual. I can't wait to have you on the boat. Especially at that. Oh, I look forward to that. Take care, yeah. everyone. Have a wonderful whatever day it is for you when you're listening to this. Yeah. You find something to celebrate. Don't forget the power of the plants. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.